Questions around New Orleans Saints safety Marcus May and his availability for the 2022 NFL season now more severe than ever. How will the Saints overcome any potential missed time this season? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, make a Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. Now, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credentialed member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today, Saints Wire, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday. Today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. They've got more odds, lines, and props than ever before. Check them out today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Later on today, we're going to be joined by Dylan Sanders of Go 24-7 to talk about the impact of the New Orleans Saints signing both Tyron Matthew and Jarvis Landry, how the Louisiana products, the LSU players are more important than just what they can do on the field. But first, some on-field question marks end up becoming more and more severe around New Orleans Saints safety Marcus May. Early Thursday morning, seemed that Marcus May, according to reports, had been arrested for accusations of aggravated assault with a firearm. There's more information in terms of the Jefferson Parish, uh, Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office and what the sort of allegations were. But we want to focus here on the on-field story. How the New Orleans Saints make up for potentially losing Marcus May for any amount of time in 2022, understanding that, of course, he already had an outstanding case with DUI property damage that had been delayed all the way to November 16th or sometime around November. Do the New Orleans Saints run the sort of risk here just days after trading away one of their core defensive pieces in C.J. Gardner-Johnson at the nickels, uh, nickel corner spot? Do they end up in a situation now to where they might not even have the safety that they signed to help to replace both Malcolm Jenkins and, of course, Marcus Williams, who's now with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, there's a chance that this does not impact the New Orleans Saints 2022 season, if we're being honest. There's a part of this that's a little bit, you know, one said, they said, in terms of how it is that the allegations came to light, how it is that all of this has sort of developed over time. So there's a chance here that you're going to have to sift through a lot with the legal process in order to get to any place where you're willing to say this is or isn't, you know, or, or rather Marcus May is or isn't culpable when it comes to these allegations. Now, of course, Marcus May and his representation reaching out immediately, vehemently denying the uh, allegations that are set forth across from him. But let's just say that Marcus May, with these combined sort of situations with the DUI property damage count, and then of course now this count, ends up missing some time for the New Orleans Saints in 2022. Are the New Orleans Saints deep enough at defensive back in order to make up for this loss? The fact of the matter is that the New Orleans Saints are in a better position than most NFL teams who would be in this situation because you have PJ Williams who has focused in at deep safety and really focused in at safety over the course of this offseason. He's also revitalized his career once or twice before at different positions, including slot, cornerback, and safety. And then you also have Justin Evans, one of the more unheralded free agent acquisitions over the course of this offseason because A, he hadn't played football since 2018 because of injuries, but he had a really fantastic offseason for the New Orleans Saints preseason, training camp, all of that. 
So yeah, the Saints are deep enough to make up surface level for what you have in Marcus May. And remember that Marcus May wasn't supposed to strictly be a deep safety in the system. He and Tyron Matthew were going to be sort of interchangeable. At one point, one's going to be in the box. At one point, another one's going to be at deep safety. You'll see that kind of disguise and change all throughout games. And of course, game to game with the different game plans. And then you also would have both of these guys threatening up against the line of scrimmage, playing in run support. So when you look at the versatility of a player like Justin Evans, who in one drive in three plays against the Los Angeles Chargers, covered a running back and man coverage out of the backfield, ended up uh, playing a single high safety um, uh, snap right after that, and then played a split zone safety in cover two right after that. So for the Saints, they have the versatility in a Justin Evans. You know you have the versatility and physicality in that player as well as in PJ Williams. So they have the personnel in order to be able to fill the role that could potentially be vacated if Marcus May were to miss time at safety for the New Orleans Saints here in 2022. Does that mean that he will miss time? No. Does that mean that the New Orleans Saints are not going to be impacted if he does? Also no. It just means that they have the personnel to be able to get there. But one or two more injuries at defensive back and all of a sudden, this unit goes from being one of the NFL's deepest units and one of the NFL's best units to one that you're going to have a lot of question marks about, especially if you end up with another injury. And, you know, we've seen it, right? Again, Justin Evans hasn't played since 2018 because of injury. P.J. Williams has missed time with injury. So the Saints may have to go back to the drawing board a little bit if they find out that Marcus May is going to miss time in 2022 and maybe bring in another safety because I don't think you can trust Daniel Sorensen to be, you know, far away from the line of scrimmage. You're looking at him maybe as a special teamer. And then JT Gray is one of your core special teamers. Don't want to overwork him over on the defensive side because he's the guy that's helping you flip the field for that very defense before they get out on the field. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Saints maybe go and find another safety that they can bring in that can play a little bit of a versatile role, whether it be from another team or maybe just somebody else that's still lingering around in free agency. But for the Saints, fingers are crossed here that Marcus Mays, all of this stuff ends up getting pushed beyond 2022 because. This secondary has taken quite a hit this week, so you're just kind of hoping that this all gets delayed and that Marcus May is on the field for you throughout 2022. Doesn't look like this is going to impact anything early on the season. Things would have to move very quickly for that to happen, but even at a point where you're in the midst of a playoff run, you don't want to see this end up impacting you later on in the year. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Dylan Sanders of Go247 over at 247 Sports to speak a little bit on... Tyron Matthew, another one of those safeties that kind of helps make all of this a little bit better, even though you've lost CJ Gardner-Johnson and you have this situation developing around Marcus May. Uh, Tyron Matthew is going to have a lot of contributions over on the defensive side on the field, but he and Jarvis Landry simply being from the area have a lot of off-field implications as well. We'll get to that and break all of it down. The value of the two LSU Tigers coming up next as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I'm going to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. You think the New Orleans Saints can win more than eight and a half games? Maybe now you might think that they're going to win less. I don't agree with you, but maybe you feel that way. Then you can go ahead and put down some of that money over at Bet Online. You can bet on win totals. You can bet on division finish. You can bet on the, the team's chances to win the division and maybe upset the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that conversation. Lots of different things you can get in on get in on when it comes to your favorite team. But of course, there's the other 31 teams around the NFL. And of course, the NBA, MLB, NHL, and so much more that you can check out as well. So don't miss it, especially with the college football season getting started. 
They've got more odds, lines, and props than ever before over at Bet Online, which you can find on your mobile device or whatever it is that you use to browse your interwebs. Go ahead and check them out. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today, as we continue on with today's episode, I want to dive into uh, these LSU legends that are now New Orleans Saints. And to help me do that, you can see I've got my good friend here, Dylan Sanders, at Dilly Sanders on Twitter of Go247 over at 24-7 Sports. Nobody knows the LSU Tigers like my guy, Dylan, here. So I'm excited to speak with you here a little bit more about just sort of the reaction to Tyron Matthew, Jarvis Landry now being back in the great state of Louisiana, but a part of the New Orleans Saints in particular. Let's start with Tyron Matthew. Mm -hmm. The impact, how important is this, do you feel, for Louisiana sports fans to see Tyron Matthew in the black and gold as a New Orleans Saint? It's it's like, words can hardly describe, I think, how Mm -hmm. huge it is. Um, Because, you know, every year you pine at, uh, LSU fans that are mostly New Orleans Saints fans, pine after how are we going to get the LSU star in black and gold Uh and it never happens never like very very rarely there was Trayvon Durall for a little bit of training (laughs) camp (laughs) Um, but it's never the guy like you like I need to see him play for the Saints but now it's happening with two people at once two legends right and uh, if, if you think back the brand of LSU has been Tyron Matthew right and so this is not only going to be huge for New Orleans Saints, it's going to be huge for LSU like recruiting. Tyron Matthews oh, sure. in the yeah. state. Uh, I don't know how many, not even just Louisiana football players you can ask, but ask 90% of secondary players entering the NFL now, they grew up watching Honey Badger highlights. 100%. For sure. Um, because I knew I did it. I didn't even play football. I was, I was just I was just getting hyped before a math test. And I was... <laughs> Watching watching Tyron Matthew rip the ball out of an Oregon player's hands. Yeah, now you're ready um, for algebra. Yeah, go. oh my god, I aced it. I never, <laughs> I never aced it. Um, but no, it really is just it's just massive to have such an icon come back to the state and playing professional football, representing the same state he did in college. So let me ask you this, because we know the reaction in New Orleans mm-hmm. when it came to Tyron Matthew coming back home, right to the city of New mm-hmm. Orleans. But what was the reaction? in Baton Rouge, who, of course, loved Tyron Matthew just as much mm-hmm. with what he did with the LSU Tigers here. What was the reaction there when it came to Tyron Matthew returning to the state of Louisiana? Oh, it was it was crazy. Yeah. Um, because not only did you get uh, the same reaction that I, I'm sure New Orleans had, but mm-hmm. LSU, before he uh, signed with LSU, LSU mm-hmm. had him come down. They had him throw the first pitch. Mm-hmm. They had him come to practice. And that's whenever everybody started like, why is he spending so much time in Louisiana? <laughs> he could be anywhere. Um, and then, of course, he signed. And since then, it's just nonstop. Yeah. Um, I'm sure social media managers for both LSU and, Saint, and New Orleans Saints are loving it. Yeah. Shout um, out Repo. Shout out to you, Repo. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's just... It's surreal. Yeah. I think is the is the word to describe how it's going to feel watching Tyron Matthew play safety for the Saints every Sunday. 
We've heard a lot of conversation around Tyra Matthew, quote, not being the same player that he mm-hmm. was when he was at LSU. So clearly you're not going to see him in situations where he's like returning punts and things mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's still justified and warranted being excited about having this guy on your defense. What does he bring the New Orleans Saints? Um, well, the Saints did lose a certain edge on the defense uh, mm-hmm. earlier uh, this week. So I think you can still look for him to be a supreme leader. Yeah. Uh, he's he's outstanding in the locker room, outstanding on the field as a leader. He's still a game changer. I, like, I don't know why people are acting like, oh, he sucks now. <laughs> um, Tyra Matthew is uh, is still a game changer. He, he is good in coverage. He's good in run support. He'll take the ball away. He, you can rely on him to be the best safety that the Saints have seen in a while. Yeah, and that's that's big, big. It's a big compliment, right? Because mm-hmm. Marcus Williams was excellent at his role. Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins was excellent at his role. The versatility that Tyron Matthew mm-hmm. brings you, though, is unique, isn't it? Yeah, like you can watch the Saints on Sunday, and they are so fun with their defense. Mm-hmm. And having a piece like Tyron Matthew who can still go all around the secondary, you can even see him rush off the edge. Why not? Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he can be used in so many different ways that it's going to be fun just to see how they how they utilize it. Because if there's anybody who I think can get the most out of a versatile defender, it's Dennis Allen. Yeah, and Tyra Matthew, regardless of his size, like mm-hmm. coming off the edge and things like that, like he's tenacious mm-hmm. in that area of the game. I watched. Some him- would say he takes what he wants. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> the honey badger, after all. Um, I watched him during Saints practice out battle Jawan Johnson in the back of the end zone mm-hmm. in a red zone drill to get an interception. Yeah. Jawan Johnson's three inches shy of a foot mm-hmm. on, uh, on, on Tyron Matthew. This is something he's done his entire career. Yeah. His stature does not keep him from making plays. No, you, I was shocked whenever I found out that Tyron Matthew was short. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that just, from him on television, you right? Don't, like, you don't, you don't think about it. Yeah. Uh, and because he doesn't let you think like, oh, that guy's too small to be in whatever role he's in. Yeah. Uh, he plays above his size. I know that's cliche football talk, but he really does. It's cliche because people do it though. Yep. Right. And yep. you talk yep. about it. Tyron Matthew is absolutely one of those guys. All right. Before we get to Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to Tyron Matthew, we know that he brings the fire on the field. You mentioned what he brings in terms of leadership there. You lose the piece in C.J. Gardner-Johnson earlier mm-hmm. this this week. <laughs> it's been a wild week at the defensive back yes. spot. Tyron Matthew helps, I imagine, in that situation. The leadership would be very different in terms of the vocal presence of a C.J. Gardner-Johnson that's like being a nuisance to opposing mm-hmm. players. But Tyron Matthew still has a little bit of that mental edge that I imagine that he brings uh, oh, yeah. to New Orleans, right? Yeah, I mean, let's be real. Tyron Matthews still going to be a nuisance. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Javon Williams throwing punches out of right, nowhere, right. but it's still going to. He, I mean, he can still talk. Like he, mm-hmm. that's still part of his game. But I think he does bring even more in terms of just overall leadership and uh, being the voice of kind of reason. Like you can see him. I, I think have being thrust into now where the Saints are going to have to have a second option at mm-hmm. free safety. Uh, for at least a little bit. Yeah, we'll uh, see when we'll the see legal process long, yeah. and all that stuff works out. But having Tyron Matthew next to that safety, being able to tell him where to go and what to do is 
actually going to be huge. Pretty monumental. One of the smartest players in the NFL, particularly over on the defensive side. Coming up next, we're going to get to one of the smartest players on the offensive side of the ball in the league, in Jarvis Landry. What is the sort of major contribution that he brings to the New Orleans Saints? Dylan Sanders at Dilly Sanders on Twitter is going to help us figure that out as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with Dylan Sanders, at Dilly Sanders on Twitter. Hey, you too. Uh, from over at Go247 at 27, uh, 24-7 Sports. Don't tell him I did that. I uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dylan, of course, uh, LSU coverage out the wazoo, if I can say that. Um, uh, I think you know, that's that's appropriate. I think that's the exact thing. That's mm-hmm. 24-7. It's in my contract. Out the wazoo. <laughs> <laughs> you must provide coverage out the wazoo. Um this this has been a monumental season when it comes mm-hmm. to people who are fans of the LSU Tigers and the New Orleans Saints. We talked about and broke down kind of what it is that Tyron Matthew brings this mm-hmm. team. Let me ask you the same question that I asked. When it comes to these Louisiana football fans, how important is it to see a guy like Jarvis Landry now also a part of the black and gold? Again, still awesome. Uh, and <laughs> Breaking I, news. <laughs> still awesome. But I think what's even bigger is the is the fact that He's not going to get wasted in New Orleans like he kind of did in Baton Rouge. Oh, uh, oh, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going with Cleveland. I mean, and Cleveland too, but Baton Rouge, I mean, it was him and Odell, and they never really did anything. That's like, right. They had these, good teams. These were the last miles off. Yes. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, good yep, point. Yep, yep, yep. Um, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not just saying this because he's in New Orleans now, but growing up watching Jarvis, I liked him more. Like, he was like my one of my favorite players in. Over Odell, oh, yeah, right? over that, Odell. That really was the temperature at the time was that Jarvis was the superstar, and then Odell became the superstar when yeah. he got to the NFL. Yeah, because I mean, Jarvis had like the one-handed catches in the end zone. Like they were he still was the doing... one-hand catch guy. He was, <laughs> and then Odell had to really just take it over. Um, but no, Jarvis, in terms of just watching him play for New Orleans, is still going to be awesome. But he's going to have a really big impact, and he's. I mean. When you think of reliable pass catchers in the NFL over the past five years, there are two names that come to mind, at least for me. It's Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. Yeah. And then now you have the two reliable guys, and then you have the rookie playmaker that is going to be able to just... Cross, we did it. <laughs> Chris, we have shouted Chris Olave's names for three years now, and um, oh, it finally happened. Maybe we can do it with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, please, goodness gracious, <laughs> that'd be that'd be something. But um, no, like having Jarvis as that reliable checkdown guy, mm-hmm. and then being able to get the get more out of Michael Thomas's game, I think because yeah. Michael Thomas doesn't have to sit, doesn't have to be slant boy anymore. <laughs> Uh, it, it's that can be Jarvis. Jarvis can doesn't have to go way down. It doesn't have to be a deep threat, even though he can be. We've seen him in in fall camp at least at times. Yeah, uh, stretch the field a little bit. Um, but kind of how we talked about Tyron Matthew being a leader on defense, Jarvis Landry also Absolutely. a greatly like. I have only been to a couple practices for the Saints this year, mm-hmm. but even then, I saw him immediately connect with all of the with that wide receiver room and obviously be the leader of that room. Yeah, there's a cool thing Cody Burns, wide receivers coach, did. Uh, Marcus Callaway talked about it. They um, showed high school highlights within mm-hmm. the room, but then also stood in front of the room and talked about their journey 
And Jarvis Landry has such an interesting story, such an interesting journey, uh, particularly to getting to here and has, you know, a wealth of knowledge around that. Mm-hmm. So to see that translate onto the field, as you described, the connection that Cody Burns is helping to build with him is really cool. Um, the next piece is sort of what it is that Jarvis Landry brings on the field. Mm-hmm. I have my theories about him sort of being this chain mover. Is that the role you kind of mentioned him being able to take some of the closer to the line of scrimmage stuff mm-hmm. so that Michael Thomas can kind of get into second, third level play? Is that where you see Jarvis Landry as like a chain mover or is there more to his game as well? Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't know if this is a hot take, but it wouldn't surprise me if we look at the end of the season, Jarvis Landry leads the team in receptions. I don't know that that's a hot take, but I haven't seen anybody else say it. <laughs> um, I'm just, just saying like he is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He is, he's never been, I mean, he had one of the worst RAS scores of all time, which is kind of funny when you think of now he's on the Saints. He yeah. Right. You're checked, he, so... che- he checked the two anti Saints boxes with LSU <laughs> <laughs> and didn't have a nine, 9.0 RAS right. or whatever. Um, but now he's here and he is aging, mm-hmm. but you, you lose a little bit of the athleticism with age, but you don't just immediately. Grow yeah. bricks for hands. Yeah. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So he is still going to be that reliable short yardage guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what his role is mainly going to be, opening up the bottom of the field so that they can have more options down the field as well. And now you have these three elite route runners mm-hmm. that can do anything that you ask them to do. Jameis Winston talked about um, how the Saints offense likes to attack defenses horizontally, laterally, mm-hmm. as opposed to just vertically. And I imagine Jarvis Landry is going to be a huge part of that inside mm-hmm. and out. Yeah. And having those three guys, you can kind of put any receiver in any X, Y, Z role, slot role. Like you can do whatever you want with any of them and it would work. Yeah. That, it, the combination is a, a perfect combination of skills where like you can just, you can do whatever you want. It's yeah. a puzzle. A lot of interchangeability with mm-hmm. all of it, just like you see with Dennis Allen on the defensive side. So, like, no big, no big mystery here mm-hmm. into what it is that Dennis Allen values. He likes versatility. He likes the multiplicity. Mm-hmm. And now you're getting on both sides of the ball. To wrap up here, um, looking at Jarvis Landry, we talked about the leadership that Tyra Matthew brings on the offensive side. The Saints didn't really lose like a vocal leader or anything like that, but they did lose Teron Armstead, who was maybe one of the more experienced players. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees a year ago, they already have to figure out how to still yeah. fill that void of you know quarterback leadership, but you have a great leader in Jameis Winston for that. But Teron Armstead gave you sort of that vocal leader from somewhere else. Can Jarvis Landry fill that role? Not necessarily the position, obviously. Don't put him in at left mm-hmm. tackle, but just being that vocal leader. Well, uh, I don't know uh, if his vocals are as good. I haven't heard him rap. But <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his leadership, yeah. I mean, he kind of, that's kind of how he was in Baton Rouge. That's how he was in Miami. That's how he was in Cleveland. That's how he's going to be in New Orleans. Like, yeah. you mentioned his journey. He's a veteran. He has been through it all. Um, but his play has been consistent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think... As a team that is a little bit younger on offense now with Chris Olave, mm-hmm. Adam Troutman's still growing, right. John Johnson, uh, Trevor Penning, like yeah. that, that entire offense is young. Like he, I would say, is like the Demario Davis. Great, of great the parallel. Offense. Yeah, it's yeah. a great parallel. This is why I talk to Dylan Sanders whenever I need anything regards to uh well anything honestly yep. dylan sanders at dilly sanders you can find all of his work over at 24 7 sports hey look we did it in person how about that boom we gotta love it 
<laughs> We've done shows together on camera before. Uh, not on the same camera, but in the same house. Yeah, we couldn't be in the same room. Yeah, but we recently reconciled, and now we're friends. <laughs> All right, family. One more big thank you to Dylan Sanders of Go247 at Dilly Sanders on Twitter. Coming up on Monday's episode. I'm taking the weekend off, y'all, because it's college football season. So coming up on Monday's episode, we're starting to turn our attention to game week. It's finally Falcons hate week. Uh, officially. So we'll be getting into that and previewing what these New Orleans Saints need to do to start off the 2022 season 1-0, and not only when it comes to their record, not only when it comes to the conference, but within the division as well as they get ready for the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to be breaking down what the New Orleans Saints need to do on the offensive side on Monday, defensive side on Tuesday, and then we'll round it all together on Wednesday, crossover on Thursday, and then final notes on Friday. A ton to give you over the course of this week. Don't miss an episode on this week's set up Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day, a part of your routine, and of course for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.